Were the branches of the Monera straight or round? Is it really a machlekes rishaynim? Was the arch of Titus in fact straight? Amavikon, Amatikon, and this is Jewish law flow. So we're back after a long hiatus. It's been about three months since we put out our last episode, but we're putting out an episode just in time for Hanukkah, and it is very topical. The branches of the Monera. This has been a very requested topic, and uh, we're coming through. The interesting thing about this topic is if you ask your average person, and even not your average person, I've asked some 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 big names, uh, who, what shape were the branches of the Menaira, they'll say, well, it's Machlekes, Machlekes, uh, Rashi, and the Rambam. And sometimes I'll get which which uh, which one holds what confused, but generally they'll say Rashi holds it was straight, which seems pretty clear in his commentary, and the Rambam holds it's curved. And even if you look in popular Chumashim, like the Archwell Chumash, they'll depict, or Aizvahadr, they'll depict two pictures of the Menaira, and it'll say, the two, the two shitas of the branch of Menorah. One will be rounded, and one will be coming out from the, the center in diagonal lines, straight diagonal lines. So as usual, the place to start would be the sources, so that we can see what, in fact, the shape was. So let's start with the Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't give us too many hints. It says, Veshisha kanim, There were six, basically, branches coming out from its side. Shleisha kanim uh, Three of the branches coming out one side, and three of the branches coming out of the other. That's in Truma. Uh, and I think Kanim comes from the term reed. So really, if you translate uh, the Pasuk, it'll be the six reeds that came out from the side. And that's actually a good point. I said that there was no hints in the Pasukim, but that, that might be a hint. The Menezer, in fact, on the Pasuk, he says, Tom Kanim, the reason they're called Kanim, which generally means reeds, but here we're obviously talking about metal uh, tubes or whatever. So he says, Agulim, Aruchim, Chalulim, they were round, long and hollow, like so, a reed. Right, so that's exactly a reed shape, right? It's circular, it's long, and it's hollow. So here we find, on this Pasuk, the first of the Shittas Rishanim, which is most often quoted, which is Rashi, who says, on the Pasuk, he says, Lakan Lakan Balafsan, they go here and here, in other words, to the two sides of the middle branch, Balafsan, diagonally. Nimshachan Ba'ilan Ad Kineged Gavha Shal Shu they go up from the middle, Extend diagonally. Extend diagonally until they reach the height of the middle branch. So you end up with seven branches all the same height, three diagonally coming off in one side and three in the other. So here we have an explicit reason saying that the branches were straight. Now, you might be saying, well, that's Rashi. What about everybody else? Well, let me tell you, it's actually very scant, the number of Rashinim, that actually talk about the directional, you know, shape of the branches, which led some to believe, or leave some to conclude, that the shape actually doesn't matter, is it rounded or is it straight, because none of them trying to talk about it. And it's also, in general, straight. So, although that's obviously not a definitive proof, that seems to be the standard reading without any other sources. If you hear that there are three branches coming at one end and three branches coming at the other, especially if the word being used to describe the branches are reeds, uh, I think the, the natural inclination would be that they're straight, unless you have some else, which is a possible reason why so few of the Rishayim comment on the shape of the branches, because standard kunim, standard branches, are straight. That's what a, a kunet is. So you remember, when people were asked, what the shape of the Menorah, they said, well, it's Mechlekes, Rashi, and Rambam. Well, we saw Rashi. He was the one who said straight. So if there's a legitimate second sheet that holds the branches were round, they're going to have to be the Rambam. Well, we're going to read the Rambam and see if we find in any of his writings that the branches were round. So let's start with the Rambam in Mishnah Torah. So it's in Bias Amikdash, Paragimel, Halacha Beis. He says, It had three legs. The only reason I'm, I'm bringing this quote in is because it will become relevant later on. The Menorah had three legs. 
Haya, Bekana, Hamanaira, and there are three other flowers which are on the, the middle branch of the Manara. Shemehen, Yotzim, Sheishes, Hakanim. That from that middle branch extended six Kanim. Six branches, six reeds, six pipes, six poles, however you want to translate it. Shloshimitzadze, Shloshimitzadze. Three on this side, three on that side. So he doesn't say Balafsan like Rashi does. He doesn't say diagonally, but he also doesn't say curved. And it doesn't seem that we can get any information from there. So why is he being touted as the as the round shita. Well, you know, the Rabbim also talks about the Menaira in Perish Mishnayas. So it's Perish Mishnayas and Menachas, Perak Gimel, Mishnazayim, where he says, I'm going to draw for you a full Menaira. Now, over there, the discussion is about the placement and the shape of the flowers and the cups and the spheres. But there, he says, I'm going to draw you a little picture. And the main kivun, the main purpose of the picture was to actually explain the placement. That's what the picture was for. You know, what was first, what was second, what was third in the cups, the spheres, and, and the, flowers. the flowers. And he says over there that when I actually draw these things, though, don't, like, be mediac in my drawing about the things because I'm just going to make a simple triangle, a simple circle, and, and a simple... Um, um, flower like disc like thing, so you see the placement because these Icar, he's really trying to just tell you the placement and the number and where they go. Now, he happens to draw a very straight Menaira. The branches are entirely straight. So, but some people want to say, well, just like he wasn't exact in the flowers, cups, and, and, and spheres, so too he wasn't exact in the branches of the Menaira. Now, even though the Raman doesn't say he wasn't exact in the branches coming out straight, all he says is he's not going to be exact in how these things looked, but he is actually telling us important things with this picture. People want to say maybe the Rambam, the Rishan, who's drawing this picture, wasn't Medayak in this other thing which he never mentioned he wasn't Medayak in. So I think already that's a bit of a stretch, but it becomes even more of a stretch, an impossible stretch, when we see that his son, Reb Avram, the son of the Rambam, writes in his commentary to this aforementioned Pasuk in Parakhav Hei, Pasuk on Beis and Shemais, he says... Hakanim, the branches, anafim shachim migufa shamanera. They uh, extend from the body of the menorah, l'tzad raisha, to towards the top, biyaisher, in a straight line, kimoi shetzai raisa abem marizal. As my father, my teacher, the Rambam, drew it. Like eagle, not rounded, kimoi shetzai raisa zulasa, like other people draw it. Now we're going to see what, what he's referring to when he says the way other people draw it, but right now we have Rashi saying it went in a straight line. We have the Rambam drawing in a straight line, and his son saying he drew it in a straight line purposefully. And not only that, in recent years, they've actually found Xav Yad, an original handwritten version of the Rambam in Mishnah Torah, where there also is this image that he drew in. So then it becomes, okay, you wrote, you drew and there the same. Also. And there also, of course, it's, it's the same exact way, but in, in a diagonal. So now he drew it in two places, not exactly the same exact being Machbid, that it goes in a, in, a, in a triangle. Now that seems unlikely. It seems much more likely that he's trying to tell you this is how the Menorah went. And again, with, went, his, yeah. with his son's testimony, I don't think it's more likely, less likely. The Rambam drew it twice in a straight line, and his son said, my father drew it like that specifically in order to counter the way other people draw it. So right now we have Rashi saying it explicitly and the Rambam drawing it explicitly with his son saying it explicitly. And those are the two people most commonly quoted as being the Baalei Machloikis as to whether it was straight or round. So let's see if there's any other sources we can look at. So people would like to point to the Ibn Ezra as maybe the round branch sheet. And it really comes from three separate places in his commentary where he uses the word ugl in describing the branches. So the first place we already mentioned, which is, he says, Tom Kanim, the reason he used the word Kanim is Agulam Aruchem Chalum, that they were round, 
or in a circular shape, ruchim long and hollow hollow. Now, obviously, if he's saying that the word kana, the word breed, is referencing this, when he says ugl, he doesn't mean rounded like the round branches of the menorah in the pictures that you see, because reeds are not rounded like that. So I wouldn't use the word kana, reed, to describe that. If anything, a reed, as we already mentioned, is a straight. What he means by ugl is round like a pipe is round. I don't know how to... the If you're staring at the top of the pipe, it would look round. I, I think you all understand what I'm trying to say over here. Now, there are two other places where the Benazar seems to be talking about the shape of the branches. So, in 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 uh, Parakhafe and Shmais Parakhafe, Pasuk Lamed Zion, and the word Neirei Seha, the Ibn Ezra writes that the Hakadmainim, which means the Chazal, Amru, they said, Kiner Echabamsa, one candle is in the middle, Vashisha Nerachim Eagle. And the six placements of the Menorah were set up one after the other in a round circle. In a semicircle. Now, a lot of people want to say that this Ebenezer is referencing the shape of the branch, that it went out in a semicircle, but I think he's clearly saying that the placement was one after the other in a semicircle, which means not that each one was a semicircle, but the way they were placed were in a semicircle. I mean, it doesn't if you look at matter. The, yeah, if you look at the Menorah in a bird's eye view, you'd see a, a semicircle shape with the branches, with one, basically six branches kind of half-circling the center branch. And I think this is further evidenced by his commentary, Mice Parakhav Zayin, Pasuk where he's talking about Yareich, to set up the Menorah, and so he says the word Yareich, to set it up, is apropos, because Yareich means to set up, and the Neirais, he says, let me read the Lashon exactly inside, he says the Neirais... Kichetzi eagle. The Neiris were like a like a semicircle. Now, clearly, he's not referencing the shape of the branch of Menorah because then, what does it mean to set up this way? You set up a straight branch, or way you set up a circle branch. Same thing. The top is in the same place. Rather, when he says Chetzi eagle, he's clearly talking about the placement of the candles, not the shape of the branch. Oh, and as he uses the same exact lushion of Chetzi eagle in his other commentary, clearly he's referencing the same concept. At this point, some of our more knowledgeable in the Sudya listeners may be screaming and saying, wait a minute, you guys are saying the Rambam clearly held it was straight. There's two big Akhrenim who both held that the Rambam holds that the branches were curved, the Chachmas Meshkan and the Maisel Both say, yes, Rashi definitely holds a diagonal, but the Rambam is mashma that it's rounded. And they say it even makes sense to say that it's rounded because the Neirais hint, or are Miramas, to the Gilgal which are the, the spheres, which are obviously rounded. So before we get into the sphere argument, they say the Rambam is mashma, it's round, and you go, wait a minute, we just read the Rambam. Where was he mashma that? And they literally write, the Rambam is mashma that because he didn't say at an angle. Now, at first glance, that argument is hard to take, uh, to understand at face value, because it, the fact that the Rishonim don't say it's rounded or don't say it's at a diagonal, doesn't tell you it's rounded. They don't say it's at a diagonal because the stam lotion of kana is to be straight out. So they wouldn't need to explain it. If they're actually coming to say the shape, they would have to come and say rounded. Yeah, and more importantly, the Rambam, as we already saw, draws explicitly, and the sun backs this up, that the branches were in fact straight. And at this point, once we know that the Rambam actually holds it straight, and we see that he does not say explicitly that it was straight or rounded, Clearly holds that the word kana by itself does imply straight. Right, because he didn't, he didn't feel the need to say balachlin that it was on a slant. That he just drew it and he said, "Well, kana here I'll draw it. You'll see it's a kana. Kanas aren't circular; they're they're straight." So I think their proof in the realm actually 
it reverses itself and proves the opposite point once we have these pictures coming out from the Rambam. But the other proof still is something we have to discuss. Right, it says the seven Nerois are connected to Shivam Gugulam. The Gugulam are like the paths within which the different stars and, and planets travel, um, and, and according to the way the, the Gugulam are set up is the way the world gets Sashba, and that's like the Menaira, because the Menaira is responsible for the world's Sashba. So they want to say the Shivan Nerois are connected to Shivam Gugulam. Now, the Gugulam path, like the name Gilgul, which is like a ball around, were circular. Their orbits around our planet. So... If you're looking at that, and you're going, well, if the Nerais are connected to Gulgulim, then must be the Nerais are circular. Right, so where did the Chachmas of Michigan and the Maisa Chayshiv get this? Or really, it's the Maisa Chayshiv who brings down this, this Gulgulim. So where did he get it from? So it's from Brisa in Midas, uh, Memvav. And it's also, the, the Yalkut brings down basically the same Lashon, which is Sheva Nerais Seha, the seven Nerais, the seven candles or the seven flames, connected Shiva, Kaychavim, Hamisham, Shimnes Oilam, so they're connected to these seven stars, which are Mashamish, the world, which help out the world. Um, and the acronym for them is Shatsam Chanchal. Chanchal, maybe? I don't know. doesn't really matter. The point is that it's not the branches that are representing Gogolim. It's the Nerois representing the Kachavim. The Nerois, meaning the candles, representing stars. And the symbolism there is pretty obvious. I assume it's the light that's shining is the stars, and... Those are the seven stars, and maybe each one is in its own Gilgul, but the comparison is not between the shape of the Gilgul and the shape of the branches. If anything, the comparison is between the lanterns at the top and the seven stars. And the Lubavitch Rebbe I saw actually asked a fascinating question on the Maisachayshev, which is if the seven branches are connected to the seven Gilgulim, and that's why they're round, then I think we have a slight problem with the middle branch, which everybody agrees is straight going up. It should also be rounded just like the Gilgulim. If we say that the Nerais are connected to the seven stars, then that's perfect. All seven are bright like a star. You know, fire looks like a star. Twinkle, twinkle. Which I think that even a Satmar Chassid would agree is a fascinating question. So that's really the whole sugya from a, from a Torah perspective. There's actually one more source which we forgot to mention, which is the Pashas of the Gemara in Manachas, which describes a, a Machlaikis regarding... There's an Isser to recreate any of the Kalim, any of the vessels in the Mishkan. And in regards to the Menorah, there's a Machlechus, whether if you make one out of a different material, let's say you make one out of wood, whether it's a problem. And one of the Amorayim, Rabbi Yaisi, says that you can even make it out of, even out of wood you cannot make it, excuse me. Why? Because the Hashemanayim, after they finished their war and they ran to the base of Mekdash and the Menorah was gone, they had to make a Menorah. And they made it out of Shpudim. They made it out of spits. Spits are, as we all know, very, very straight. Now, the Gemara answers and says, no, maybe it was just covered in something which looked like wood. It wasn't actual wood. But the point that we're trying to bring up for this Gemara is if you're using shpudim, spits, as the branches of the Menorah, those are clearly straight. Right. And, and again, it goes along with the fact that nobody is really telling us the shape outside of Rashi who says um, that it was straight. Because I think the Stam language that's being used all connote a straight branch. So where, in fact, does this whole concept of the Menorah being round uh, really come from, or what are what are the main sources used today? So, here's a quote from the the Temple Institute, which is a organization uh, which use uh, academic archaeological tools to rediscover information about the temple, about the base of Mikdash. And this is a quote from their from their website, from one of the articles regarding the shape of the Menorah. 
Depictions of the Menorah have been discovered in tens of ancient archaeological digs all throughout Israel and in distant regions where Jews lived. Many of those depictions date back to the time of the Second Holy Temple. Significantly, some of the depictions have been found in private homes where Kahanim lived. Kahanim would have had first-hand knowledge of the Menorah. In every archaeological discovery, without exception, the Menorah is depicted with rounded branches. Now, here are some of the more noteworthy ones. It was a coin minted by King Matisio Antigonus, the last of the Hashemunayim kings. Now, he was uh, a Russia. He wasn't even religious, um, but he, yes, he made a coin, and he, and he put the Menorah on the coin. Now, he was about 100 years before the destruction of the second base of Mikdash, so you, you had the actual Menorah um, in the base of Mikdash there. Um, and it has a coin, it has a Menorah, and the Menorah's got round branches. So, you know, bing, bang, boom, game over. You know, it seems like they're testifying that the Menorah had round branches. Now, uh, another thing was a, a round branch Menorah was etched into the wall of a private home of a family of Kaihanim uh, in Shalayim, dating back to the second base of Mikdash. Now, Lechaira, the, the Kaihanim were in the base of Mikdash. They knew the shape of the Menorah. Now, I don't know. We don't know how religious Kaihanim were. We don't know... How often they went to temple? We don't know. I guess they were Kahanim, um, and they get drew a menorah. The menorah was round. Uh, numerous shoals in the area uh, from that time and uh, kind of throughout history also have pictures of rounded menorahs. And so, we just we just chose some examples from the website. If you go to the Temple Institute, if you just Google Temple Institute rounded menorahs, you'll have the entire article coming out with with tens and tens of pictures of rounded menorahs throughout, uh, kind of basically throughout history from archaeological digs. But I would say the main one would be the Arch of Titus. Right? So the Arch of Titus was made um, after the destruction of the Second Temple, um, the Second Base of Mikdash, on the hands of, of Titus, um, who was a Roman general. And they made a, uh, what is it called, a victory arch? Um, you know, with, uh, and they carved out something commemorating the event. It has a picture of the Romans taking away the Menorah from the Base of Mikdash. Along with a few of the other Kalim from the Base of Mikdash. Right, and there, the Menorah is clearly rounded. So we'll get more into the Architeitis in a minute, but first, what, what do these academics do with the Rambam, who seems to draw it in a straight line? So Rabbi Stroll Ariel, this is a quote from the, the aforementioned article, founder of the Temple Institute, oh, and the world's foremost expert on the Holy Temple, the foremost expert in Holy Temple surmises that the Rambam didn't intend for a simple drawing to be a literal representation of how the Menorah should appear, but rather was a schematic drawing intended to clearly show how the different details of the Menorah were laid out. And we have to remember that the expert, the foremost expert of the Temple Institute, would know more about what the Ramam's intent was than his own son, who said that he did draw it explicitly. We have to remember that. Keep that in mind. But whenever I do these topics, the way I start my research is I, I do the op, opposition research. I look into all the articles on the other side. And a lot of times I start getting a little bit, you know, like, ooh, this is looking kind of strong. So when I read that every single archaeological dig yielded round Menorah after round Menorah, I was like, okay, it could be that the halacha, because we paskin based on the Rishonim, it could be the halacha is that it has to be straight, but it's possible that in the temple, in the base of Mikdash, it, it may have been rounded, because you know, it was the second, single. You know, but it was the second temple. Yeah. Um, they were under Roman influence. King Herod had, you know, had uh, ability to, to uh, you know, renovate the base of Mikdash. I'm sure not, you know, in accordance with the Ratzon HaChamim. Yeah, things were running a bit different towards the end there, and maybe at some point they switched the shape of the Menorah, and maybe it is not you know, necessarily, they didn't think it was necessarily a law hub that had to be, you know, uh, straight. Um, and they allowed it to be, you know, baby bidyevet. They allowed it to be rounded. And I told Avi, I was like, listen, if, if every single archaeological dig, you know, as this, this article is claiming, and it's a temple institute, like, why would they why would they lie, is saying that it was a rounded branches, it, it seems kind of difficult to say anything else. And Avi responded to me instantly, and he said, it, 
if the Rishayim are saying one thing and this Temple Institute is saying something else, I don't trust the Temple Institute in the slightest. I'm going to do some research tonight. He goes home, and Avi, what, what did you find? Well, you know, I went to Google, and every time I do these topics, I'm just amazed at how easy to find this information is. Like, he's been working on his whole life, and he's, you know, reporting to you there are no picture mirrors that are around. I've been working on Google for 25 seconds, and I can tell you that's not true. So what I did, I found, I found a Christian site, um, actually, that was talking about um, all they, it was just a bunch of archaeological information on all the different Kalim of the base of Mikdash, you know, that they found. And it said, Menaira, they had a section, Menaira depictions through the centuries. And you could get up from, from 200 BC till which 100. Is, which is during the second base of Mikdash. Mikdash till 100 BC, which is the span. And you can just go through and they literally record every archaeological dig and they show the picture of Menaira. Now, they weren't doing the whole curved branch uh, straight business over there. They were just but I was. Menaires, yeah. So I went and I started looking through them. And lo and, uh, lo and behold, there were a ton of straight ones. Not even questionable. Like, sh- absolutely straight, including in a show. And that was just in a 100, 100 year period where you were able to find at least 10 archaeological findings of Menaris with straight branches. And again, you're not... You're not talking about huge numbers of finds. So if there's, we found 10 or 20 or 30 depictions straight, that's out of, you know, 60 or 70 total depictions. We have no idea what the real number is, um, how many depictions were straight versus how many depictions were rounded. But let's even say it was 20%, 80% straight rounded. That doesn't tell us what the thing actually was. Then you'd have to know what percentage of drawings are artistic. Right, what we're, we're going to yeah. get into that in a second. But I just wanted to point out, so why, why do... These academics in, in area after area, why do they just lie about the information? I think it's it's pretty obvious. So if you have a, a true Torah scholar, you're a real Tama Chacham, his motivation is to learn the Torah, which is a Shem's Chacham. If you have somebody whose entire life is the world's foremost expert on the Holy Temple, his life is information about the Holy Temple, about the Beis HaMikdash. If he doesn't have some sort of, of Chiddush over here, if he can't make a name for himself over here, then he has no name for himself. But his motivation is to make a name for himself. Now, what is his motivation to tell the truth? If lying will lead a better time for him, then he'll just lie, which is what we find in area after area. Right, because again, academics are not tzaddikim. They're not even necessarily from people. And when they are, they're generally a very, very unique type from people who somehow made his life about one weird mitzvah. And oh, just by the way, his conclusions are almost definitely against whatever the mainstream from. And we saw this. We saw this in our previous podcast about the tchelas, where they just twist source after source after source in order to fit their narrative because they care more about tchelas than the Torah. And this isn't like this isn't just in, in Judaism. If you go to any non-Jewish topic, it's incredibly rare to find an expert in any topic who would not fudge the data to back his own. Point. Because if you're making an article and you can make it sound 100% certain your way, or you can make it sound 80% certain your way, why would you make it 80% certain unless you had some motivation to be honest? But what's your motivation to be honest? There really isn't any. If you're a true Tamachachim trying to understand the Torah, then your motivation is to understand the sugya. And whatever the sugya yields is the motivation. But if you go in with some conception, I'm going to try to show you that the Menorah was straight. And then I find some archaeological digs where it actually ends up rounded. I'm more likely to hide that fact because I want to convince you that it was straight, which is exactly what we have here. So now the question that we have to answer is why, in fact, are most of the archaeological digs yielding curved menorahs, and why does that matter? Now, um, there, there's actually this precedence for mainstream depictions of a religious object where, in fact, that religious object does not look the way we think. Let me ask you a question. What do the Luchas look like? 
I'm sure most of you are drawing what looks like mountains, uh, rounded tops, very close together. Um, you'll see it on a lot of R-rings and in, in shoals. Um, you'll see it in almost every depiction of the Luchais as with rounded tops. Yeah, if I could read a quote from, from OU.com. So they're actually, they have a segment on misconceptions versus reality in Judaism. And they say, misconception, the Luchais, on which the Ten Commandments were engraved, were rounded at the top, as in most illustrations and atop synagogue arcs. That's a misconception. And they have this paragraph afterwards. Up until the Middle Ages, Jews did not use the tablets as a symbol, and they rarely depicted them in drawings. In France, from at least the 12th century, it was the familiar rounded form that at a certain point supplanted all the other forms, so much so that from the 16th century and on, it is almost impossible to find tablets represented in any other fashion. So if you had, let's say, archaeological digs, again, this is slightly more recent, but let's just pretend that you couldn't get so much past the 1500s, then you'd be finding all the luchais with a rounded top. And you'd be like, well, the Rishonim seem to say it's a, a straight top, but we have all these pictures from all these shoals presenting it as a rounded top. Now, any true Tariyid would be like, well, the Gemara and the Rishonim say it was straight tops. So I don't really care what's found in these shoals. These shoals could get it from anywhere. And this article goes on to explain exactly where the shoals got the rounded tops from. The article goes on to explain that they got it from the non-Jewish writing styles, which was this writing tablet called a, a, a dip. Diptych? I don't know what it's called. A diptych, something like that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and they conclude the, the, the paragraph in saying that although the, the Gemara in, in Baba Basra and Yodala Damdalaf tells us that they were square or uh, rectangles, the most contemporary synagogues and institutions have no qualms about depicting the Luchais in a form that originated in non-Jewish art. You have a similar concept with the, the, uh, the fruit, which Adam ate, being depicted as an apple. And if you ask most people what was a fruit, a lot of people will say it was an apple, even though the Gemara clearly lists a, a few different fruits which it could have been. And the, where they got that from was also non-Jewish art. Now, Monty, I just want to curve you for a second, like the branches of the Manera. There's a very big difference between luchas that nobody had, but being found in sources that it's actually square, um, and the popular depictions being circular, than depictions of the Manera at the time of the base of Mikdash, when the base of Mikdash was supposedly straight, why are all the Meniers coming around? Why didn't anybody draw it straight? So I think that's why it was important to find that people were drawing it straight. Um, so then the question becomes, which ones are the real ones? Are they the more common ones or the less common ones? Yeah, also, I, I do want to point out that the reason why rounded branches may have become so popular, and I think this is a very, very solid reason, is because aesthetically they look much more pleasing. And in fact, the candelabras of the time used by the non-Jews, all had rounded tops. So if you had a, let's say, a non-religious artist, like King Matityahu, who wanted to make a menorah, it's very possible they would copy the artistic, beautiful form of the candelabras used by the Greeks, as opposed to the one found in the Mikdash, which is slightly less uh, beautiful to some eyes. And I, I just want to point out one thing, that the volume of menorahs doesn't necessarily reflect um, more like more prevalence because they're not all in the same time period. So, like for example, after Anti Antigonus, which I think is one of the earlier depictions, made his menorah around, a lot of the other finds are just repeats of that coin. 
or it could be one, you know, like 20 of the, the arches were just supposed to be depictions of the coin, the way the well, coin had it. And in fact, it's possible that the most famous is the Arch of Titus, which we said we'd get back to, and I think now's a good time. So the Arch of Titus, which is really, if you ask most people, that's really the the, ar- the uh, archaeological find, quote-unquote, that will be most quoted as depicting the menorah as having grounded branches, the Arch of Titus. So the Arch actually became a symbol of Jewish exile, uh, and it was actually a place of the yearly oath of submission for the Jews, uh, Pope Paul IV. Which amongst Christians was very popular. Yeah. And the Jews. And even the Jews viewed it as a symbol of our exile. This was when the the, the last time we had our, our vessels, and they were being carried out by, actually by, by Jewish slaves to deliver them to the non-Jews. And we actually have two sources, uh, Jewish sources, from the Gemara and Midrashim, describing uh, Titus, or Titos, taking the Kalim. Um, so the, the Gemara and Gittin on Nunvav Amid Base says, Masa Natal Saprechis Vaso Kamen Gargusni. The Hedi Kolakalish Mikdash Binachanba. So he made, took the Parechis and he made them into like a, a basket shaped, and they put all the Kalim of the Mikdash into it and he took them out. Um, in Avis Dreb Nasan, Mem Aleph Yud Base, it says, Shochan Umenaira, Uparechis, but this, Hadai Menachan Baremi, they're still held by the Romans. That includes the Menaira. So we see that the Titus did, in fact, take the Menaira out, and now we have, seemingly, a depiction of him carrying out said Menaira with rounded branches. Oh, and that would seem to be pretty powerful testimony, because, again, they're the ones destroying the base of Mikdash, they're the ones seeing the Menaira. So, like, if you think about it, that, like, as they were taking it out, Titus was, or his main artist in front of him, was hatcheting out the imagery, right? And, uh, and uh, you know... Uh, or, you know, what is it called? <laughs> Chiseling. When he had chiseled out uh, the Menaira, you know, they were looking at the actual Menaira, then it becomes, like, very powerful testimony, but on the flip side, becomes very odd. And there's a couple reasons why. Um, paint samples from the Menaira um, had it with a gold base, but actually bronze um, top. Uh, our Menaira was all gold. Right, the Nairis uh, yeah. had, had bronze or copper as the Neiris, while the rest of it was gold, which does not match our Menorah. And I think more importantly, the base, which we said the Rambam said is three legs, the base is three octagonal, two octagonal um, uh, bases, I don't know how to describe it. It Basically two giant golden octagons, and even more disturbing is that there are dragons, or sea serpents, depicted on the base, which is obviously something that is was not on the Menorah and is actually ushered to have for a Jew. So it's clearly not a depiction of the Menorah. Now, it may have met, well, it may have supposed to be the Menorah. It may be based on a person's recollection. It may be based on a legend that he, that he, that he you know, chiseled it out. Um, but if it's a direct representation of Menorah in front of them, they, there's a lot of things there that are not real. And once you're willing to say they were moving things and changing things, well, they might have been moving, you know, ready and willing to make it rounded. And you say, well, why rounded? Well, actually, the Roman Cantalabra in that they was rounded. Maybe they were trying to, you know, provide the imagery that, look, we rounded their Menaira. You know, we turned it into our Roman candelabra. Or they're just doing it from memory, and they're like, it probably had rounded branches. Just like our candelabra. Another possibility is that, as the Rambam says, and this is, I think this is from the, the Midrashim, but, uh, or maybe even from the, from the Nath itself, Shlomo Malch had built ten uh, Menairas in the Mikdash, which were not the, the, the Menaira, but they were there to provide light and beauty. Um, and those can those Menorahs, we have no idea what shape they were. It's quite possible, maybe not not for sure, but it's possible that those ones did have rounded branches, and that was one of the Menorahs that was carried out by Titus, which the artist thought was 
the Menara, and therefore, even though it has round branches, because that's what he saw, was not the Menara that we have, which would have had straight branches. Right. So, there's also there's also other candelabras around the base of Mikdash. The Rambam actually says in, in Hilchus Beis Bechira um, that they would uh, um, on, on the night of Shabbos when the Shemir would go around, they would check by the light of the candles that were lit there for Shabbos uh, for Mara Shabbos. So you see, there were Nerais. Um, you know, candelabras that were put in the, the chutzer, um, maybe he saw them carrying out one of those. But again, it would be very weird that one of those had dragons on it um, at the base. So still, it seems the most likely that this tight, this uh, arch was done, you know, maybe 100 years later uh, by somebody who wasn't there, uh, was doing it for memory or had his own reasons for depicting it in the way he depicted it. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's that. So that's clearly not a source against the Rishayim. Right. So I think um, to wrap up, to wrap up this, uh, this episode and just give you a very clear picture as to what's happening. So you have Rashi saying explicitly it was slanted. You have the Rambam drawing explicitly it was slanted with his son saying it was slanted, not like other people draw it. You have the Pashas of the Gemara and Menachas explaining that it was made with shpudim, with spits, which are straight, not round. You have no sources to the contrary from any Jewish source, except the two Akhredim who we already explained had no access to the Rambam's uh, pictures, and the deal they made based on the Rambam actually, once you have the pictures and his son, actually come out against what they said. And against all of this, all the Rishadim saying it was, all the Rishadim talk about is saying it was straight, you have some of the archaeological digs finding in shoals it with rounded tops, uh, with rounded branches. And I just want to point out, even in the Rambam shoal, they found a, a depiction of the matter with a rounded branch, and as we saw, the Rambam clearly held it was straight. So the idea that it could be depicted round uh, as opposed to looking, uh, actually being straight, is not a foreign idea. Right, and then you also have the Architeitis, which has a menorah with the cups and flowers not being accurate, with the base being completely off and actually an usser base because it has the dragons and sea serpents on it. Um, so that's that's basically the sugya. So to call it a maflikus, I think, is a bit of a misnomer. And now you have a full picture of the sugya. And, you know, and I think when it comes to the, the Yom Tov Hanukkah, when the theme is, you know, chasing away the Yavanim, the Yavanim are Chachmas Chetanias, the secular way of thinking. Um, I think when it comes to Tyra, we really have to cast away the Hellenist influence and stop relying or even including um, an academic approach to Tyra in as an option. Um, so when it comes to the Menaira, which is the symbol of Hanukkah, and you have the option between following conclusions of academics versus following Tyra and what the sources say, and understanding that the archaeological Matthias is not a contradiction to that, don't you think it's proper to say proudly the Menaira had straight branches? I'm Mati Cohen. I'm Avi Cohen. This is Jewish Thought Flow. As always, if you have any questions, please email us at jewishthoughtflow at gmail.com. And we also have a WhatsApp uh, business account I've, I've managed to set up. And the link to that will be in the description. Thanks so much for listening.